Are inmates running the asylum? The Stranger was singer-songwriter Billy Joel's fifth studio album, and it remains his best-selling non-compilation album. Ranked number 70 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. In the opening lines of the title track of the same name, Joel tells us that we all have a face that we hide away forever, and we take them out and show ourselves when everyone has gone. Some are satin, some are steel, some are silk, and some are leather. They're the faces of the stranger, but we love to try them on. The Stranger is a brilliant ode to the human shadow and, no doubt, appealed to the collective attention of listeners on subconscious levels by the deep truth it contains. What faces do we conceal, and what faces do we show to the world? As discussed earlier, all that we deny about ourselves constitutes unconscious aspects of our personality that the conscious ego does not identify in itself because it is our dark side. We typically reject or remain ignorant of these least desirable aspects of our personalities, making our shadow largely negative, and it consists of everything that we are not fully conscious of. But there are positive aspects that remain hidden, especially in people with low self-esteem, anxieties, and false beliefs. To truly know ourselves, we must accept our dark side, and to deal with the dark sides of others, we have to know our own. According to Jung, the shadow, being instinctive and irrational, is prone to psychological projection where a perceived personal inferiority is recognized as a moral deficiency in someone else, which results in insulating and harming individuals by acting as a thickening veil of illusion between the ego and the real world. In reality, we are a veritable cast of thousands that can change moods, perceptions, and outlooks depending on which sub-personality is in charge, and this can change from moment to moment. If we observe closely, we can often see instantaneous changes in the facial expressions of people when their sub-personalities surface to take control, making them look like completely different people than the face they usually show to the world, particularly when they are stressed. As far back as 1915, Gurdjieff characterized this phenomenon in a talk to his followers. One of man's important mistakes, one which must be remembered, is his illusion in regard to his I. Man, such as we know him, the man-machine, the man who cannot do, and with whom and through whom everything happens, cannot have a permanent and single I. His I changes as quickly as his thoughts, feelings, and moods, and he makes a profound mistake in considering himself always one in the same person. In reality, he is always a different person, and not the one he was a moment ago. Man has no permanent and changeable I. Every thought, every move, every desire, every sensation says I. And then each case, it seems to be taken for granted that this I belong to the whole, to the whole man, and that a thought a desire or an aversion is expressed by this whole. In actual fact, there is no foundation whatever for this assumption. Man's every thought and desire appears and lives quite separately and independently of the whole. And the whole never expresses itself for the simple reason that it exists as such only physically as a thing and in the abstract as a concept. 
man has no individual eye, but there are instead hundreds and thousands of separate, small eyes, very often entirely unknown to one another, never coming into contact or, on the contrary, hostile to each other, mutually exclusive and incompatible. Each minute, each moment, man is saying or thinking, I, and each time his I is different. Just now it was a thought, now it's a desire, now a sensation, now another thought, and so on, endlessly. Man is a plurality. Man's name is legion. The alteration of eyes, their continual obvious struggle for supremacy, is controlled by accidental external influences. Warmth, sunshine, fine weather immediately call up a whole group of eyes. Cold, fog, rain call up another group of eyes, other associations, other feelings, other actions. There is nothing in man able to control this change of eyes, chiefly because man does not notice or know of it. He lives always in the last eye. We learn our coping strategies by observing and mirroring the behavior of those around us, which is why Gurdjieff said that we are controlled by accidental external influences, especially when dealing with traumatic situations. And though those deeply embedded behaviors were learned by our sub-personalities in the same manner, this does not make them correct responses. More often than not, these learned responses are replete with errors of interpretation and reaction that may temporarily diffuse the trauma happening in the moment at hand, but do not solve the actual problem in the long run. Ultimately, these responses are delegated to the depths of shadow in the form of subpersonalities, which become trauma-induced stock responses that act as a protective mechanism of illusion between the ego and the real world. The important point to grasp here is that we are the creators of these traumatized entities that fill our inner personal universe and are reflected by those outside of us, especially when we project them outside of us and deny their existence within us, essentially abandoning our own creations. When we meet people for the first time, we seek out what are referred to as attention points, things we have in common with them like sports, music, the arts, or anything else we might have in common where we can connect with mutual interest. In this manner, we pave the way to sharing similar thoughts, or, to put it in other terms, we seek resonance with that person by sharing common vibrations as a place and energy to bond. This whole phenomenon is especially prevalent in today's tribal rave and festival culture where large groups of people bond in a loving vibration, often enhanced by drugs like MDMA, which is an empathogen, a class of psychoactive drugs that produce experiences of emotional communion, oneness, relatedness, empathy, and sympathy. This experience bonds them in the shared medium of the music and the tribal beats, enveloping them in an all-around feel-good vibe. What we don't realize in our bonding and meeting of people is that the subconscious elements of our shadow also draws them to us through its familiarity and recognition of their shadow aspects. When we find ourselves swallowed up in negative emotions, they tend to overwhelm and blind us to the truth of the situation through judgment, projection, denial, 
and other egoic survival strategies. But if we can wake up to the illusion and raise our awareness to the point of having a greater presence of mind, we can ask important questions of our reactions. What is the quality of this emotional energy and how does it make us feel? Whose eyes are we seeing it through? What mask are we wearing? What filters have we taken on? All of this interconnectedness and interaction reinforces the notion that we are all one, connected in our hearts, minds, and spirits. Shamans believe that everything is interconnected, including man, plants, animals, trees, and, for that matter, every part of creation. American Indians often refer to these other beings as brothers. On an esoteric level, everything is connected within everything else in what modern physicists call a holographic manner. To record a hologram, a coherent light beam passes through a beam splitter. Some of the light scattered from an object or a set of objects falls on the recording medium. The other part of the split beam reflects off of a mirror. This second light beam is known as the reference beam, which also illuminates the recording medium, so that interference occurs between the two beams. The resulting light field generates a seemingly random pattern of varying intensity, which is recorded in the hologram. An interesting property of holograms is that if one is cut up into smaller pieces, each portion contains information about the whole object. If you look at the Internet with this paradigm in mind, you'll realize that the World Wide Web is really a huge mirror of the collective consciousness of humanity. All of the information is contained everywhere in the whole, and much of this information is not accurate. It comes from someone's reflection on something which is often distorted and biased, either unconsciously or intentionally. An interesting property of mirrors is that they often show us what we do not want to see, and if the mirror is distorted, so is the reflection. In World War II, before television, those outside of the war zone got their information from newspapers, radios, and newsreels, all of which were filtered through the individual viewpoints of reporters, their editors, and government censors. The Vietnam War has been called the first televised war, but even these images were filtered through a few major networks censored by their editors and the government. In the new age of the 21st century, we have Internet access with technological mirrors known as digital cameras, cell phones, and all manner of instantaneous communication. Because of these mirrors, the editors and the censors are being bypassed, and the mirror of truth is laying bare the lies of governments and the atrocities of war as well as the lies and propaganda of diverse agendas. Everyone is buzzing about the latest scandals, not to mention the numerous incidents of police brutality, racial conflicts, mass murders, political corruption, and more. The list is endless. The phenomena of Facebook allowed Egyptians to plan out and execute a relatively nonviolent overthrow of an oppressive government, and the violence that did occur was instantly transmitted out to the World Wide Web for the entire world to see. Literally, on another front, many believe that our erratic weather patterns, floods, Wildfires and earthquakes are a reflection of the turbulence going on within human consciousness, and many believe that this turbulence is the chaos that precedes the birth of something new. If you do acknowledge that we are all connected as one, then each of us is a mirror to each other, 
in a holographic manner from the macrocosm of the collective down to the microcosm of our individual selves down to the subpersonalities that make up what we think of as i but is in fact many some of our subpersonalities we like and we constantly take them out and show them to the world others we don't like and we repress them making them our shadow which we don't want to acknowledge mirrors often show us what we do not want to see if you have the ability and strength to be honest with yourself and you desire to be a whole integrated person then the work lies in reintegrating your hidden shadows they aren't called your shadow for nothing they're cunning elusive and some would rather see the death of you than be found out they think that if they are discovered that they will die which contains a grain of truth because in order to be reborn a death is necessary most of us deny our shadows and the trick that the shadow plays is to project itself onto others trapping us in self-righteousness and judgment so that the waters are muddied distorting the reflection from our mirror this is the key if you can bear the reflection you can gradually come to realize that what you strongly dislike and often hate in others creates strong emotional reactions because it is a reflection of that which you do not want to acknowledge or take responsibility for inside of you it takes great courage to look at yourself in the glare of this mirror and admit this take a good look at everyone in your life some of them are drawn to and support your darker unconscious nature and some are drawn to and reflect your lighter more conscious side some of their subpersonalities are drawn to both the light and dark aspects of your many selves if you believe that we are all one then the mirrors are there reflecting back from everywhere that you look any time you feel self-righteous judgmental and superior you can be sure that you're seeing your shadow being reflected back to you once you discover acknowledge and embrace these abandoned infantile ego creations with compassion don't kill them which is a popular modern day pop culture spiritual admonition give them a new job you created them and in spite of their misguided actions they're trying to protect you at all costs you reside at the center of their universe so take a good look at who is in your life and what feelings they engender in you